1: I've pronounced Ratter, it right? Ratter. Ratter. Thank you. Ratter, yeah. He is a spiritualist medium working within the specialist branch of transhealing mediumship. And he's working as a psychic surgeon, which is very unusual. There are really very few psychic surgeons in the world. He is living in Edinburgh, the only psychic surgeon residing in Scotland. He runs healing clinics, holds transmediumship and healing workshops, and delivers talks and demonstrations on these subjects in Scotland, England, and the Republic of Ireland. Although I want to bring up we were talking about this right before we started the show that he does do it remotely as well. You don't have to physically be there, but anyway, welcome to the show, Chris. <laughs> I'm so glad much. to have you here. Yeah. Now, well,
2: thank you very much, Bob. It's a, it's a pleasure.
1: It, it's great. Um, why did you, what drew you to um, become a trans medium or drew you to trans medium ship?
2: To be very truthful, I, and it, I was driving as a, a a taxi driver in Edinburgh. I was driving a, a hackney cab, and what was happening was when I was coming home in the in the early hours of the morning, I was uh, very much aware of a young boy that was standing at the top of my stairs in my home. And I used to think it was my boy that obviously was about the same age as my you know as your one son, of guys, your physical son, yeah, 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 my physical son. And I would go up and check his room, and he would be he would be lying upon his bed mm-hmm. sleeping. And I used to think, you know, it was kind of strange because I would see him most nights when I came in in the morning. And then when I would go to my bed, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, after a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, whatever I was having, then I would be uh, very much aware as soon as I closed my eyes, then I would see a white light that started to shine, you know, within my eyes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, of course, when I would open my eyes, the, the light would disappear. And then it I would constantly be like that, you know, as I was trying to go to sleep. And then I would uh I used to get out to out bed and think it was my boy. You know, my little boy was obviously playing right. tricks, he was obviously putting the light on and off, you know, when I was obviously within the room.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: every time I went through to obviously check on him, he was sleeping. Yeah. And this uh persisted for months and months and months and months. And I thought to myself, you know, to the stage where I really wasn't sleeping very well, you know, when I was coming home. Mm-hmm. So I was really working on, uh, you know, cancer of, of drinks to keep me awake, even when I was working, because I wasn't getting to get sleep.
3: Right.
2: Then what happened is one evening when I was laying, laying on my bed there, all of a sudden I heard a voice saying to me, you know, I'm speaking to you. And as I looked up and looked to the bottom of the bed, here was a, a lady standing. And the lady walked right through the bed. And then proceeded to turn, you know, it was to my right and go out the bedroom door. And it absolutely freaked me, to be honest with you. I didn't know what was going on. I was on.
1: thinking, did you think you were insane? <laughs>
2: I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I I, I was, oh, I just really didn't know what to do. And then, of course, I remember jumping across the other side of the bed and disturbing my wife, who wasn't very happy, obviously, because I'd woken her up. Right. But... And then she asked me what was going on. And I didn't, I said, "What's oh, nothing. I said, everything will be fine. Closed my eyes. Once again, the lights were back on. So it's like someone's shining a a torch all the time, you know, within my eyes. And then I heard the voice again saying to me, I'm speaking to you. And this time I felt as if I was being strangled. And I started to panic. You know, I really did. And I started to, to shake and obviously jumped across, woke the wife up again. But this time, you know, second time I had woken my wife up. She was mm-hmm. not, not third time me. it's
1: a divorce oh
2: yeah it was coming <laughs> yeah and then I, I I must tell her what's going on but apart from that I had I was seeing lots and lots of other things even when I was working I was seeing things in the corner of my eye I was seeing shadow people I was seeing you know I could see some things I would drive down to be honest with you even some things even for a fair I would think it was someone standing putting their hand up but there was nobody there So I eventually said to my wife, I obviously explained to her that I was having these these things that were disturbing my sleep pattern. I was very unsure of it. And I thought I was maybe suffering from schizophrenia.
3: Mm.
2: So in the morning, Gail had said to me, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go, excuse me, see the doctor, make an appointment, go and see the doctor? She says, or what do you think? And then all of a sudden I had this, this, this desire that came into my mind that I wanted to go to a spiritualist church. I was seeing, uh, you know, uh, pictures and uh, memories of when my grandfather and I was a small boy, my grandfather would take me to spiritualist churches. So I thought maybe, you know, maybe this is not what we think it is. Maybe this is, you know, to do, obviously, something to do with the spirit world. So on that evening, when Gail came back from her work, I went to a spiritualist church and spoke to a medium uh, there that was obviously was, was the president of this church. She gave me answers, but it wasn't enough to satisfy me. And the following night I went to another spiritualist church and the lady had uh, who was given, there was maybe about 50 or 60 people in the congregation and she was obviously explaining to you, have your loved ones here and explaining the love of the spirit world. And it fascinated me. And then the lady says, uh, just at the very end, she says, oh, can I come to yourself? She says, yeah. And then she says, I'll, in fact, I'll speak to you. She said, when it's finished. And she came up and she says to me, oh, by the way, she says, you're not mad. And I thought, thank <laughs> God for that because I truly yeah. did think I was mad, you know? Right. And then she went on to explain to me that what happens is certain times within our lives where you know the mediumistic ability starts to shine through, and what happens is we actually emanate a white light which is invisible to the human eye, but those in spirit side of life it's like it's like a lighthouse, so it's like a beacon,
3: mm-hmm. and it
2: draws them to you, so they they know that they can they can you can hear them, you can see them, or they can they can communicate with you. And what's happened is this light had been activated within my. DNA or whatever it is you know within my energy and then she gave me obviously and this is what was attracting him she says even round the about you there's so much spirit she says because the light is shining bright she says and they're all drawn, being been drawn to you and of course my first uh, thing I said to her was well how do I stop it
1: yeah can I turn this light off yeah can I turn it <laughs> off yeah
2: yeah so she gave me an exercise of putting a bubble of of, of, of light round about you so you actually sit and say this bubble of light and then you push a light into the room and you push it out, obviously, with 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 a prayer. She says, and that should take about a week. She says, and then uh, things will calm down for you. And she, she was correct. Oh, After okay. about uh, on the seventh day, I had I got a decent night's sleep, but I was still seeing the light. Mm-hmm. You know, so every time I close my eyes, and even today, I never see darkness. And then since that 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 time, and that all come about, I see color or I see light. And even you know, when I close my eyes, it's like it's all of a sudden it's like a connection. It must be to to the spirit world, constant. You know, the know, this white light. So I, after the week, I calmed down. And then I thought to myself, maybe, you know, maybe I maybe should look into this. Because if these people are coming, maybe it's an injustice not to try and maybe control it and see where it leads. Which led mm-hmm. me on to uh, various um, uh, development groups. And after maybe about a year and a half of sitting for platform mediumship, that so we obviously give information for loved ones to come forward or learn, learn to develop. Yeah, that.
1: real quick. Platform is when when information is coming through, and trance is.
2: What? Yeah, when a uh, platform medium, you 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 develop to be. It all comes under the body of sort of mental mediumship. But what happens with platform mediumship is you learn so that you're able to go uh, in front of an audience. You're able to connect, push your your auric field out, and be able to feel your communicators around about you and your guides, so that they can relay information through clairvoyance, through pictures, through hearing, mm-hmm. uh, through claircenseus, through feeling—all these these clears that, that we talk about. So you learn to develop that, so the spirit world can communicate through you, so that you can pass on, you know, confirmation that they're safe, you know, they're they're, they're safely in heaven, uh, they miss you, everything's good, they no longer carry that right. complaint. So you pass on the information. Uh, through yourself as the medium to a member of uh, a recipient in the, in an audience, trance mm-hmm. is a little bit different. Trance is when you you allow uh, the spirit world to come and to blend into your auric field. So what happens is you learn to slow down your breathing, you learn to slow down your heart rate, and what happens is you give themself over so they come and they blend in uh, to to your life force energy. So they bring their life force energy into your life force energy so that the blending takes place. And after you know, quite a number of years of developing, then they get more and more control over you, so that you eventually allow the physical mind to become silent, and then the world to take over.
1: This is different from channeling, in what way?
2: I, I it's it's. I suppose the difference is, is you you it's all about the development and the channeling is when you open up and allow the information to come forward. You no, know, and it's interesting, you know, we had a little conversation earlier on where you I said that you obviously you you allow the channeling to come forward when you link into the higher self of of, of the person that you're working with. Which mm-hmm. is a wonderful gift within it within itself, I can assure you. you know? Right. But the channeling what it is, you know, it's just about you know, there's many sort of different levels of it, but it's just allowing you to make sure that your mind is completely gone, you understand? So your mind is is out of what takes place and you trust those from spirit side enough so that they can just speakly direct through you. So the words are coming out quicker than our mind can can, interpret them. Mm -hmm. So uh, it it takes a long time to blend it. And to be very true for you, I mean, we call it transmediumship, but in in the book that I have, uh, you know, written there, just obviously, you know, just it's out there to the public just recently. But it's for my mind, it really should be called controlled mediumship because what you're doing is you're giving control over to them. So when you're doing, you know, your platform mediumship is you, the medium are in control. You are interpreting the information that comes forward. But when you're in an altered state of trance, they they have control over you. So they're, they're whatever coming forward is through them, through time. Because we are, you know, as human beings, sometimes you try to interfere with mm-hmm. the things that take place. So we have to discipline the mind. And that takes time to allow it to get it out of the way.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, to yeah, us, yes.
1: To get us. out of the way. Now, yeah. um, and I, I t- I've talked about this a few times with channeling. I'm always afraid of it somewhat because if I open myself up to a spirit, mm-hmm. it could be any spirit. Mm-hmm. However, what you train for, first of all, you have a a gatekeeper. They have yes, to go through the gatekeeper first before they come to you. But also it's years of working with a spirit before there's enough trust to give yourself over.
2: Right, There, ha- there has to be years of, of, of development and years of trust so that you do not try to interfere with, with your physical mind. I mean, your, your gatekeeper is, you know, one of these people, you know, or your guardian angel, if you want to call it that. And these people that are with you, especially my gatekeeper, they usually are, you know, either on the moment of, of, of conception within your mother's womb, that this person is a, a attained to you, you know, so that they come forward and they, they make, make a pact with you. And very often, even before you are conceived within the womb, that you're, you're the spirit, the new spirit is going to be into that womb, is already made the agreement that this person's going to come and, and, and to look after you, going to be a garden angel or your gatekeeper.
1: Mm-hmm. And everybody and has one.
2: Everyone has one. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone has one. But what happens when you look at the mediumship side of things, my understanding of it is a gatekeeper is there to protect us. So when we look at mediumship and we go forward, especially with the altered state of trance, what actually happens, it's not just one person that comes and works with us, with, with spirit, with when you're working with spirit. There's multitude of teams that are around about you. There's multitude of people, lots of people you may know, get to know them through time, and there's be lots that you will never ever realize that they were ever there. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is your gatekeeper brings his life force energy, okay, because they, they are known what we call as the discarnate spirit, which mm-hmm. means no longer have the physical body. So when they go to heaven, they have a discarnate spirit. So Would they here, were
1: human. They were human at one point, or or it's different per person. I,
2: I think it's different per person, too. Yeah. You know, because there is uh, obviously other things. I mean, even myself, when I'm working, and maybe we'll go into that later, but there's certain things that maybe work, you know, within myself and other mediums that we're aware of, and not of the spirit world. Mm -hmm. they they come from different places but it's all about trusting because your gatekeeper is your gatekeeper and that is the person may it be i come forward as male or female as you interpret it it doesn't really matter but what it is is to know to trust that you are safe with them and what happens is your gatekeeper allows their energy to blend into your life force which is your auric field so we become known as as the carnate spirit because we are on the physical world. So, so the discarnate or their life energies, they bring they bring that into our energy, they blend and, it, and it's almost, it's like if you could see it, it's almost like a shimmering waterfall that's wrong about you. Now with the altered state of trance, they always come in from from, from behind and they're coming to blend because they're connecting to the subconscious and other things that are in the back of the head. But what happens when that person comes forward, they put that, that shimmering light in front and then anyone who wishes to come and work through you from spirit side of life has to pass through the protection that you have with your doorkeeper. So if someone comes forward or something comes forward, which is not, you know, acceptable to your energy, then your gatekeeper stops the shimmering light and makes it solid. So the person Mm -hmm. cannot get in. So their job is to protect you, especially, you know, with mediumship and other things. So right. that that's the job of a of a gatekeeper, but these people, you know, are round about you all your life, and I suppose sometimes, if maybe you know, when you have that thought, should I do that? I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you're actually getting the influence of your gatekeeper, you know, or maybe trying to give you a little bit of influence, or when you turn left and you, know, you maybe you should have turned right, or right. that kind of thing. Sometimes their their thoughts. Are with you to try and so there are times
1: you. you'll make stupid decisions and they'll sit back and let you do it. <laughs> well,
2: the problem is, is we have free will,
1: yeah.
3: So,
2: even those on the spirit side of life, I mean, even those that come to work with you, they also have free will, so they're able, you know, you know, it's a privilege that anybody wants to come forward and work with you or to protect you or, or to build up your mediumship with you but they also have, you know, freedom of choice, just like we do, you know, and they mm-hmm. don't have the right to interfere. If we ask for help from them, then that's totally different. You know, we'll give, they will give us advice, but I can assure you very often we don't listen to it. Right. That's, that's the human side of us. You mm-hmm. know? But these people that come forward, we have the right, we have freedom of choice, just like they have freedom of choice and spirit side of life. And if you're doing something which doesn't really sit well with them, then they have the right to retract from us and leave and do something else.
1: Oh they so, do. No, no, of
2: course. They, they have can. they can quit. <laughs> <laughs> of course they can.
1: Oh no, I didn't know can. that. <laughs> I yes, thought once oh, once yeah. committed the on for life.
2: No, yeah. no, no. They can they can they, they have the right to pull away from you and 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 someone else maybe maybe come forward and work with you and even with, with mediumship and all aspects of your mediumship even yourself with, you know with, with with the wonderful work that you do. Those from Spirit Side of Life, you will have people we call random people from Spirit Side of Life that come and blend into your energy because they'll have a a certain quality within their their makeup. So when it comes in, so they can change and help you develop as a medium. But some of these people can be for you for five or ten minutes sitting and then Mm -hmm. they disappear and some will come and work with you for the rest of your life. So, you know, it's a wonderful thing the Spirit will do. It's a wonderful thing, you know, when we accept them into our lives but for myself, it really has changed. I mean, everything's changed in my life, just following and being of service to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you're, um, and I'm going to talk about your specific gatekeeper, who sure. is uh, is Grey Horse or Two Moons. That's and, correct, yeah. Yeah, and he works in a number of different um, different ways. I mean, he's not only your gatekeeper, he's also your guide. Mm-hmm. And, and but tell me how you met him
2: how i met him when i first started my my journey and like i say i was i was looking at development we were i make reference to is platform mediumship
3: mm-hmm. one
2: evening when i was in the group this energy came upon me which i had never felt before i mean the powerful strong i mean even when we work you know within obviously the power you know of 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 mediumship but I feel what they bring to us is just a very, very small bit of their power. But what happened that evening is the power had come in and they blended into my auric field. I'd never experienced anything like this. I didn't know what trance mediumship was. And then I remember having my body having a, a, a reaction to it. And The only way I can describe it is like if you watch someone, I've never had hyperthermia, but I would think it was uh, very similar when you start to shake, uh, uncontrollably shake, and I couldn't stop myself. And, of course, what happened is I felt... You know, is, is my mind was becoming taken further and further away as the as this took place, and I could hear the medium that was sitting in the group uh, who was taking the class at the time saying, "Everything is okay. It's trance," and I didn't know what trance was to be honest with you, because I was looking at developing. I mean, I'd only, you know, a, a year and a half previous, you yeah. know, just starting to understand what the spirit world was. You know what what these lights were. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, something new was coming to me. And the lady had said to me, you know, it's trance, but it was like she was, she was in the next room, she was miles from me. And then, of course, eventually, maybe after, you know, what I felt was quite a long period of time, you know, the, the, this energy started to retract from me, and it still wasn't right. And then the lady had said, you know, what actually taking place is, is trance mediumship. Someone from spirit side of life has come forward to see if they can blend into your energy, to see if you're compatible. And I didn't know who this was, to be honest with you. I, didn't, I didn't, just didn't know, you know. Yeah. Of course, she, she, she explained to me she'd been a trans medium for 30 years. So I thought it was very apt, the fact that this had taken place in a development group with a lady that was already 30 years of trans medium.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: when it happened, it wasn't like I was sitting, you know, in, 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 a, in a group where nobody knew what trance was. I didn't know what trance was.
3: Right. But the
2: lady, as soon as, as soon as she'd seen it and recognized the energy, she knew exactly what was taking place.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Then she says to me, set your boundaries, tell the spirit world, you know, obviously, you know, certain things that you want to do, you know, don't obviously let them in, all that kind of thing. And then I went home and tried to explain to, you know, my wife what transmediumship was. I didn't have a clue, to be honest with you. You know, and I could see Gail just sort of looking at me and doing this, you know.
1: (laughs) Thinking the whole time he's lost it.
2: (laughs) it, He's lost it now, you know. And then in the morning, I felt the energy coming back. Mm-hmm. So the, the guy had obviously decided they were going to have another, you know, a shot at obviously trying to blend with me, and I remember jumping out the bed, and I and I do remember shouting a few sweary words, you know, for <laughs> terrible hearers, you know. Yeah. And then I got on the phone and I phoned the uh, uh, the lady medium, obviously that I was involved with in the group. <clears throat> she says to me, "It's okay," she says, "everything's fine. I'm not trying to hurt you." She says, "But just don't 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 allow them to come and sit with you until next week." Mm-hmm. So I told the spirit world, well, don't come and sit with me. I, I, to be honest with you, I was fearful of it. You know, yeah, it, all, yeah. you know it, was, it was a new thing. Although I was understanding a little bit more about mediumship, this was something that my body was reacting to.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the following week, I went back to, to the development group and the lady put me back into an altered state. Same person came forward and I started to shake again, but not as violently. Yeah. So I, even then, they were working to try and get things right with me. And then I would go along regular, and we would sit. Obviously, we would do platform mediumship, and then I would go into an altered state, and then we'd allow people to start to come through and, and, and speak. What a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I started to realize that the person that was blending with me was a gentleman, because he came, uh, we're called uh, uh, Grey Horse, that I made reference to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's quite interesting, because it's actually in the book. But when I first, obviously, you know, was getting to know him, I had asked him what his name was, and he had said to me, I think it was like two moons. I thought, two moons, that doesn't sound right. And yeah, of course. He says, I says, was it blue moons? <laughs> I says, was it is, it, is it two moon, blue moons? And I said, I eventually says, well, what is this? And he says, just, <laughs> just call me Grey Horse.
3: Yeah.
2: And the only reason why we call him Grey Horse is because a lady medium at the very early stages of my development gave me a reading, and she mm-hmm. says, I have a Native American Indian that's coming forward with full headdress. And he brings a grey horse with him. Oh, you see, so that's why I make reference yeah. to him as grey horse. But that's yeah. that's who 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 he is. And you know, through my development and probably the early stages of my development before Henry came in on on the scene, grey horse was one of the fundamental people who'd come and blend with me. So I get used to his energy. So I get to know that he was there. So for for the safeguard, mm-hmm. you know, for him looking after me. And he would come through, and he would he would speak. There was lots of things that I even then information that I was given, you know about obviously you know in his his time. He talk about talk about when he was here, all that kind of things. And I got to know him very well. And then I realised that he was my gatekeeper. He'd even come forward. He'd come forward and do healing. But when he used to come, you know, and on my on my search for you know obviously to try and learn more and more about trance because I have a hunger for it. I have a hunger right. for it today, but I've been mean, then I, you know I was I had a hunger also. But when I would go, what happened is I would feel him come and blend into my energy. And when we went into the energy, I would feel myself expand. But within my own sort of the way that he brought it, I felt I was like this size. So mm-hmm. I would feel myself puff up my chest, become huge. And I don't know if he actually looks like that. I, mean, I have photographs of him. He's maybe not as big as that, but he mm-hmm. felt like that to me. Right. And then I started to obviously you know, understand him more and more. And once I had that trust with him, then he would allow other people to come forward.
1: Now, before you met him, though, so you were in a mediumship program before that. But um, so you, based on your book, you blend with, or you, you, and I don't want to get into the seat of power yet, (laughs) you know, but you blend with the spirit Mm -hmm. and allow them to, their vibration to blend into your vibration and then to take over. Yes, well, exactly. What what happened before you met him? Because you were already studying transmediumship or platform mediumship, really. Yeah,
2: but it, it, it was it was slightly different because even when I studied platform mediumship, to be very truthful, you know, it's it's you know within mediumship, it, it, there's, there's lots of gray areas. hmm. And, you know, once you're, you know, with, uh, you know, a medium and, and you're taking the teachings off that medium, and to be honest, I went to two or three different mediums, to different groups, you know. I it was right. them running at once. To see but which one matched. <clears throat> well, I, I was hungry.
1: Yeah.
2: You know. Yeah. But what happens is people have their own thoughts upon it, which is wonderful because we're all individual, just like those on spirit side of life have their individual thoughts. Mm-hmm. But when you was doing platform mediumship, I really wasn't, none, none of those mediums that were taking the group Give me any sort of, you know, told me to, you know, to set my boundaries. I didn't know what boundaries was. Yeah. And even my boundaries, my boundaries weren't, I wasn't sort of told about boundaries until I was a year and a half into development. I mean, surely mm. you should have learned that at the beginning.
1: I I know. I'm thinking, boy, you're wide open
2: know, before
1: that. And and that's kind of I mean, dangerous in a way.
2: I suppose it is because you, you you can be open. I mean, they would show us how to open up, you know, and then they would, they would obviously show us how to close down. Mm-hmm. but I didn't understand what a boundary was. I mean, when I was open enough, I was allowing anything from the right. side of life to come forward. You know, anybody who wishes to come or give information, but I suppose the difference is when I was doing or, or developing platform mediumship is we were just, you know, you learn to push your energy out. So you encompass what's round about, and they come in, obviously, in, in, into your vibration and you pick things up. So we really are in control of it. Mm-hmm. So we don't really ever think about it. It's not until you give yourself over, it has a reaction to your body and things are different. Then we start to think, or I started to think about, what what is a boundary? Because then they says you need to set your boundaries. Yeah. But when I had worked within that, you know, the mediumistic side of, of looking at platform mediumship, nobody ever said anything about boundaries. It may be different today and other mediums may say differently. You know, mm-hmm. obviously nowadays when, when, you know, different mediums do different, different things, different ways of teaching. But nobody had said, and I was in two classes. And nobody had said anything about about setting my boundaries. So obviously, once the altar state came forward, and then I was told about my boundaries. Then, yes, I set my boundaries. I can assure you.
1: When you teach it, do you bring boundaries in at the
2: beginning? Of course, I do. I do. You, do. you know, I, yeah. I I do. You know, I I certainly. You know, what I try to do is I try to give people a good understanding of exactly what the spirit world is, what their energy is, how how you it can react to you. Because the wonderful thing about is teaching it. Is I have been through it, mm-hmm. so there's lots of things that people go through. It may, may be very similar, not quite exactly the same, but I understand it because I have walked the path, and I still right, walk the you've path every it. day. Yeah. yeah. So, but I make sure that they set the boundaries. I show people how to open up properly. I show them how to close down properly. I get people to, you know, I, I make sure that they they learn prayers when they open up, and uh, when they close down, and that that that's a personal choice. Mm -hmm. Lots of mediums will tell you nowadays that you don't need, you know, to obviously say a prayer, that kind of thing. But I've worked, you know, about 14 years here or there within, obviously, you know, within this line of work, and I've never had a problem. So, you know, if something works for me, I don't want to change it, you know?
1: Right. And don't you think the gatekeeper might be there even if you're not aware?
2: I think the gatekeeper is there all the time. Even when we are working on the platform mediumship, I think the gatekeeper is very much part of it and other people around about you that are working with you but I didn't know about that
3: mm-hmm.
2: you see but I, what happens is it's about that trust them but because you are I think on the, on the platform mediumship because I my mind is involved in it right through develop is, is we are sort of in control of it we're in control of the information it's so wonderful we've actually seen some wonderful things you know and mm-hmm. I still do today. but I think <clears throat> with that it was maybe due to the fact that we, we, we were in a group everybody was doing the same you opened up and you kind of took it for granted. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that, that, because you're sitting in that environment with people that, mm-hmm. that the, the, the the tutor or the teacher is looking after everybody. She said, she said the prayer. She's opened it up. She's looking after you. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but the boundaries was never explained to me. So now I mm-hmm. tell people what boundaries are. And I often tell people, you know, that those in spirit side of life come forward. If the energy doesn't feel right to you, tell them. Mm-hmm. See, because what happens is very often, is those on spirit side of life, their vibration is different to us. They live in a different dimension, you know? Yeah. And I suppose we're looking at, we're going to quantum physics, you know, because it's just, you know, the time zone is a little bit different than ours, that's all. They can mm-hmm. be a millisecond ahead. But what happens is we allow that their vibration to come in. So they're coming from a different vibration from us. So what right. happens is they, they blend into our energy, okay? And I know we have teams assembled around the boat as medical teams that look after us and all that kind of thing. But if someone comes forward and we work through it and, and we don't say to them, listen, this is having a reaction on me, I don't like it, and we just accept it, then it's working for them.
1: Say so that very, again. <laughs> <laughs> say that bit again.
2: <laughs> when they come from their vibration and they come mm-hmm. into our vibration and then they mix in two, like the blending stage right. of, our, of our vibration. Okay? <laughs> if our body has a reaction to it, OK, mm-hmm. ever slight or whatever, or you feel discomfort with it. Right, We have to, within ourselves, say to them that you need to stop it. You need to adjust that. And those spirits okay. the spirit side of life are desperate to work with us, OK? Because we are our avenue, the route into our world, OK? So if they bring the evidence and the work that they want to do through you. so. But if we do not tell them that this is having a reaction to us or we're unsure of it, then they think it's acceptable to you because they're in mm-hmm. a different vibration. Right. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to mix up the two vibrations to make one. So if we we persevere with it, then you may say, I don't like that. You know, I've done it for years, but I don't like it. But if you didn't tell them, they think because you're working through it and you're accepting it, that it's fine for you.
1: Right. So they don't adjust it. They don't try to adjust it because they think it's fine.
2: They think it's fine. So as part of us, our job as the medium is to say to them, you need to adjust that.
1: Mm-hmm. And we can adjust to ours, our
2: vibration. Uh, well, it's kind of, it's, uh, the vibration belongs to them, not not to ours.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, the, so the vibration that they bring through uh, from their side of life into ours, through, through the veil, very okay. after, after yeah. the very your show. When, when they bring that, that vibration through to us, they're bringing it into our world.
1: And they're the ones that need to match our vibration to work with us.
2: And to change the vibration around the box so everything works in harmony. Because the vibration comes from them, not not from us. They're coming into our vibration within the physical world. Mm -hmm. So we have to tell them, listen, this is having a little bit of an effect on me and I don't like that feeling. Please adjust it. And they will, I promise you, they will work work so hard to try to adjust that vibration so so that they can work with you. The Mm -hmm. last thing the spirit will want to do, I can assure you, is make us frightened right. or, or your guys make us scared. You know, they yeah. us, I don't like the energy. I'm not doing it anymore. That's that. That would be horrendous for them. Mm-hmm. So They will bend over backwards and maybe more to get that energy right for you so that you work together and create a perfect harmony within the, a team because they really do become team members.
1: Yeah. I'm speaking of team. <laughs> how did you meet the rest of your team? <laughs>
2: Well, it's quite interesting to be very truthful. The little boy that I made reference to, that I thought was my boy, he came forward at some of those uh, seances that I attended, mm-hmm. uh, development, uh, looking more into the physical side of mediumship, which is a little bit different again right. uh, from trance. But he would make himself aware; people would be very much aware of him, and he would come through and, as you say, speak through me or channel through me—you know, the words through me. But he obviously introduced himself, and in he's his little boy called Charlie. Was uh, sadly taken uh, many years. I'll th- you an interesting thing. Uh, Fifty-five years ago, I bought a a, a, a bronze figure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know why, but I always kept it. Use it as a, a, as a doorstop. Okay, right. And this little Charlie that comes, he wears a baker's cap. You know what a baker's cap is? I'm not sure. Right. I'm thinking well, of, of you know, the a big flat, cap, a, a flat, a flat cap. No, oh, flat okay, cap. yeah. Okay, but, but they're kind of puffy.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay.
2: The, the I know. Oh,
1: about. I know. And, I
2: know. And, and, yeah. in Victorian times, well, he comes forward. The little boy's name is Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was taken to uh, spirit side of life. He, I believe, he was he was hit with a horse and cart years ago that took him over to spirit side of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when you go to spirit side of life, you can actually you know uh, grow into human, uh, not human, grow, grow into into full size. If you understand, mm-hmm. or you can stay as a child. It's your choice when you go to spirit side of life. You know. But what happened? He decided to stay as a as a child because, you know, the energy that's created through children is required for the spirit world for certain things that, that they do. But he used to come and he used to have a little cap. People were very much aware of him wearing a cap, you know, sometimes little shorts, maybe a boy about seven or eight year old, maybe around about that kind of age. And mm-hmm. I used to think that was my boy when I would come in, in the morning. So right. I actually bought this, strangely enough, years ago. You see that?
1: All right. Now, I will put this picture on the website because keep in mind, we're on radio.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. indeed. bronze uh, statue, yeah. it looks like. A bronze statue. And that yeah. about 35 years before I... But I can world. see
1: him in that, indeed.
2: too. So it's yeah. strange the fact that I, 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 I purchased that and kept it forever. And now I know that even back then, he was round about me.
1: Yeah, he was there. He was saying bye. This, Ah, indeed, this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, indeed ah. So it's it, it's strange how how things work with the spirit world. But that, that that's little Charlie or a little Chuckles. His spirit name is called Chuckles,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: Charlie is what we call an energy worker. So what he does is he comes into the seance. He is quite mischievous. Uh, he will mm-hmm. he will certainly move things around about the room if he can. He will encourage other children that come about, obviously within the development stages and within within the uh, you know. A, a, uh, doing a demonstration, all that kind of thing. And he often comes through and speaks, and, he, and he's quite cheeky.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: not in, in a derogative kind of way, but what he does is he, he's an energy creator, so he helps to build the energy up.
1: Oh, I see. So to right, raise is the energy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Lift, Keep everybody happy yeah, kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> and he really is a lovely, lovely, lovely chap. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry... Which is uh, commonly, well, it's better known as, as Harry Edwards within the, obviously, within the, within the spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were developing and within a group, this gentleman came forward and he was showing me lots of things within my mind's eye. Very often what you say, obviously, what happens to you, with yourself. Right. Well, he was showing me lots of things about healing and telling me the importance of healing uh, you know, and how it was, you know, it wasn't really sort of, you know, uh, to the same caliber that it used to be. and am not talking about within mediums. I'm talking about with people accepting it more. Mm-hmm. See, lots of people have went, obviously, you know, move on to other things. But he had done this. And then what happened was he started to show me all these things. And I couldn't quite understand what this connection was with myself. Yeah. And then I had another gentleman who came forward within that seance and started to show me, uh, uh, you know, operations that were taking place. That didn't make. That I was going to ask, how did I, you get
1: into the, yeah. you know, psychic surgeon?
2: Yeah, that doesn't with me either. And
1: you went from a pl- um, a platform medium,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to a trans medium, uh, pretty much at the same time that you went into psychic surgery, or
2: no? No, what it was is, I developed a platform mediumship for about a year and a half, and then when the trance came along, that really sort of piqued my interest. And mm-hmm. Then I looked at the development of trance, and I went up and down the breadth of the council uh, of the country, looking right. to see if I could get you know any any kind of trance workshop. It doesn't matter if it was good or bad. I was there, you know. Yeah. I was so yeah. hungry, I was so hungry to learn, you know. And it wasn't until uh, obviously about maybe about four and a half years of developing with the spirit world on my own, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with during the week from Monday to Friday, I used to sit. Uh, for an hour and a half each day and blend with the spirit world. And then weekends I would go, if I had an opportunity to go to a workshop, I would go to that workshop right. and do these kind of things. And then obviously things kind of changed. You started
1: get- at about 30 minutes, because I don't want our audience to think, oh, I don't have an hour and a half, I can't go there. But you started at 30 minutes and you built up to an hour and a half.
2: That's right, that's exactly yeah. what happened. yeah. So, very you know, you people- don't
1: have to put aside an hour and a half if you want to do
2: No, this. indeed, no, that was, a, that was a personal choice, and I still mm-hmm. sit for an hour and a half. Some things I have not been known to sit for two or three hours, you yeah. know, obviously yeah. with the spirit But to be very true for you, even probably the early stages, maybe ending up to half an hour, but some things it would be 15 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to allow the mind to become still, because our world that we live in, the mind's always busy.
1: Mm-hmm. And you use breath to do that. I use what, sorry? Breath, your breathing. Oh, the breath,
2: of course, yeah, indeed. Yeah. The, breath, the breath is the most important thing. And what I do, even when I, I'm teaching people, you know, obviously, uh, to, to be, obviously, to look at the, at the altered states, is I make, fundamentally make sure the breath is the most important thing, because the breath controls everything. You know, if we suffer from anxiety, we go to the breath. You know, uh, we allow ourselves to go into that peace and tranquility just through the breath. But even trying to hold your thoughts and to clear the mind, focusing your thoughts onto the breath when your mind becomes active helps. But it's like everything. In mediumship, it takes discipline, not just from us, but it also takes discipline from those in spirit side of life because they have to learn discipline to work with you also.
1: Mm-hmm. The, so really- the breathing <clears throat> part, is there a specific breathing that you use? Um, no. When I when I teach, I'm, I'll make them all start part of it so they get grounded and get out of my space, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I make them all do breathing and I have them do breathing through the nose with their mouth yeah. closed yeah. and oh. rhythmic, rhythmic. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the, definitely not through the mouth because I found that that's panting and that keeps the body tense. Yeah. So you know, Uh, rhythmic through the nose. But do you have a specific
2: type of breathing? I think you know, to be very truthful, you. When I first started, you know, people would say to me, you had to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Mm -hmm. But I found that quite difficult, to be honest with you, because it's not something we would naturally do. Right. You know, and I don't
1: find that it really calms the body that much. You're so busy paying attention to breathing that you know.
2: I, I and, that, you know, and I never found that, and I used to try. But what happens is all my focus was on through the nose, breathing <laughs> the breath. <laughs>
1: know. So
2: you either you either are a, a, a mouth breather, mm-hmm. or you're a nose breather. So when I teach, as I found the best thing to do is just breathe natural. Mm-hmm. Don't try to put an emphasis. Some people say I've never read lots of books during in the past, and they say, "Oh, well, you got to breathe through the nose and all that." Didn't affect me. Didn't affect right. my journey or or my development. And I teach, you know, obviously, you know, just just breathe. The most important mm-hmm. thing is to breathe, but to make sure the breath is not labored. Yeah. As you say, the panting, you know. Yeah. But to make sure yeah. it is natural. And what happens is through, you know, as you allow the mind to become silent, to become more still. And what we're actually doing is we're allowing the mind just to go just to that special place where it becomes, you know, almost like, like, like going to sleep. And the breath automatically, as you relax, becomes natural. So mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're allowing everything around the to just just to slow down. So the breath automatically becomes a little bit more sort of, you know, smoother, shallower, just, mm-hmm. as, just as, as we breathe natural. So I've always found within my own mediumship that I'm I, I'm a mouth breather. That's what I am. So even when I went into altar state, I would just breathe through the mouth. And it's quite mm-hmm. interesting because lots of people used to say to us, you know, over, over the years, you know, that the spirit come to us upon the breath. And I used to, I used to wonder what that meant, you know, but now, you know, obviously through you know years of development, I understand it because they truly do come towards us upon the breath. Because as we as we learn to breathe and we calm things down, the spirit world come in. You know, and very often with trances, what we do is we allow blending to take place, and then we use the breath to hold them. It's a the job of the medium.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So what we do is when when we, when I breathe in, what I'm actually doing and what I teach people is when the spirit world come in, you can feel the blend taking place, and you can feel the blanket of love that they bring round about you. It's your job as the medium is to train the mind so that you automatically hold them and you do it through the breath. So you breathe in as you, you're you pulling them in towards you. And as you breathe out, you just allow everything to become as natural as possible.
1: And is that the seat of power?
2: I don't think there's any power within the medium. You know but no, you what alone. you
1: called sitting in the power?
2: Oh, no, sitting in the power is totally different. <laughs> oh, is ah, indeed, I've got to say power. The power is not mine. The power belongs to the spirit. Yeah, body, yeah, know? yeah and the energy ability belongs to them. Setting in the power, when I first started my mediumistic journey, and I would go to lots of places, you know, and lots of different, of different, you know, play people that had uh, workshops in different areas up and down the country, is my understanding of it, for what I was told by the tutors, you know, from certain organizations and other things, that, you know, setting in the power was blending with your guides.
3: Mm-hmm. The blending, as you
2: all that, that was the blending. Yeah. Sitting in the power, that's where you got your power, that's where everything came from. It's not. Sitting in the power, as, as I understand, you know, from, you know, obviously, you know, from my, uh, uh, you know, guides and other things and the teachings that come from them. Sitting in the power has nothing to do with the spirit world. It's nothing to do with your guides, I should say. That's probably the right way to say it. And when you sit in the power, you just go to the breath so what you're actually doing is you are allowing your own spirit to be activated and you'll understand this as you communicate with people's higher selves mm-hmm. so what we're doing is is we we are we are allowing the, your own spirit just to have the freedom because very often when the, when the physical mind is active and we're doing everything around about yeah. is we're holding the spirit within so the spirit mm-hmm. is really no getting no getting the opportunity to be itself so when you sit in in the vibration of life what you're doing is you're breathing. So you're breathing the essence of life round about. What actually happens in our solar plexus area is we have a power source. That is our power source for mediumistic, you know, our mediumistic journey. Mm-hmm. And that's the battery. So that's everything that we do with our mediumship. So sitting in the power allows your battery to be recharged. For when we're doing mediumistic work and certain things, we can deplete ourselves. So that's the exercise that we have to do without any contact from the spirit world and just allow that battery source to recharge. And also when we breathe in, what we're doing is the breath serves two purposes. So as the breath breathes in, the vibration contained within the breath is activating and feeding your spirit within, and the oxygen contained within the breath is feeding the physical body. Mm -hmm. So the breath serves two purposes. So what we do is we just go into the peace and quiet, we allow our spirit to have the freedom to do what it wants, to absorb the knowledge, because there's lots of knowledge contained within the vibration of life. Everything's round about us. Everything that happens is is, is, is in that vibration of the world. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we just allow our spirit just to absorb it. We allow our battery source to be recharged. And also it helps with our spiritual progression. For as the spirit absorbs more energy and more understanding through the vibration as the person that you are, as in your spirit, Babs, spirit's inside. So as you breathe and go into the silence and you allow it to come in and what happens, the more information your spirit absorbs, then it gently feeds into your physical mind. Little bits so that you become more spiritually aware. So it's part of your spiritual progression. And here's another thing I thought was absolutely wonderful that I never, ever gave any thought. And it wasn't until Henry says it to me. Once, you know, we often talk about people, you know, have a spiritual presence and very often you can feel, you know, when someone comes into in, into a room and mm-hmm. you maybe turn around because you feel someone just walked into the room because they carry that presence with them. Right? right? Nobody carries any greater power than anybody else, especially with mediumship. And you also hear people say that's a powerful medium. OK, and mm-hmm. I've heard that myself, you know, even, you know, coming through, obviously, you know, the, the development stages and other things. But the power does not belong to the medium, it belongs to the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So it's about how much you accept that energy to you and the purity that you do with it. But if you sit in the power and allow your spirit to grow, because it truly does, so as your spirit grows through you know, the through the vibration, is the vibration of the spirit pushes out. And then what happens is I never thought about this. It wasn't until Henry had says to me. As you walk down the street and you have that spiritual presence, you have that, you know, that, that, that spiritual growth, mm-hmm. what you're actually doing is unbehold to yourselves, is when you're passing by someone and your energy is out. See, it's out six feet either side, if that was the case. And as you walk down the street, what you're actually doing is when it passes through the person you walk by in the street, you're actually activating the dormant spirit.
1: Oh so
3: wow. you're
2: actually doing another yeah. job on behalf of the spirit world that we never even gave any thought. I think that truly is a wonderful thing.
1: That is. That is. Yeah. Yeah, So So you're working when you're not working.
2: Correct. (laughs) But spirit, you know, sitting in the power is fundamentally, it really is important for your development. But it's Mm -hmm. something that you do separately from the mediumistic. When you go to sit and blend, you're going into the mediumistic side of your development or the work that you're going to do. And this here, the mind, is with the intention that we set for whatever we're going to do. So if we're going to sit in the power, we are alert, the spirit will round about, we're sitting in the power, do not come forward, this is for me, my own spiritual growth, my understanding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When we go to do the mediumship, we set the intention that I'm going to do a healing, I'm going to do a reading, I'm going to sit and blend for development, so we always do the intention. So the mind is what we set the intention with, so we allow those to come forward to get the attunement within the vibration so that we can go forward.
1: And then you well, have to open it up, which is how you got into became a psychic surgeon because you was, didn't even know to set the intention at that I point.
2: Didn't, I know, indeed. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, I was, I was, I had been uh, studying for about four and a half years. I had done healings obviously behind closed doors. You know, I'm one mm-hmm. of these people that I want everything to be right. If I'm representing the spirit world, I want it to be right, right? You know, and I don't want it. Take anything out there that, that as you say, is half-cocked, you know? Mm -hmm. So I want everything to be exactly how it should be on behalf of the spirit world. So I was doing lots of work behind closed doors. And then what happened, a medium had gone in touch with me and asked if she could come for a healing. I didn't know the lady, okay? So she was a a stranger to me. Mm -hmm. But my name had come up in conversation through, you know, through the love of the spirit world. And when a lady came, and I obviously said i have been working, you know, behind closed doors, just, just with family and friends. And then the lady came and she lay on the bed and I obviously went to the altar state, you know, called upon the healer to come forward, felt the blind take place and began to work. And then all of a sudden in my mind's eye, I seen, you know, a lady wheeling in a tray of instruments, you see. And as I was not saying, I thought, oh my goodness. And then what happened, I was very much aware and all of a sudden I was outside my body. So mm-hmm. I was now standing alongside my body, which happens on a regular basis these days, you know, because yeah. I trust them. Sometimes I can be standing outside the other side of, of the bed, and sometimes it feels like I'm standing inside my own eyes looking out, which is quite a bizarre feeling. So you, know? so
1: you had put her on what you call your healing bed.
2: A healing bed, a plimp, yeah. whatever, whatever you call it. Healing plump, you know, a, a, a portable it could be like a massage table. table or... Yeah, a portable yeah. massage table. That's exactly what it is. Okay, so I, I put the lady on on top of the massage and I also became aware of 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 a nurse that came. She had a great big heart, like it used to be in the fifties. You know here.
1: Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, <coughs> you
2: remember those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the lady yeah. Um, with, with the full uniform, she came with a silver tray. And she put the instruments to the side of the gentleman. I, mean, I remember my body, or my, you know, the, the person that was controlling my body take me up to the end of, end of the uh, the bed where the lady's head was. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there was instruments. I was very much aware of a silver plate and other things all around about. And I watched the person, not on the, the physical body, but on the etheric body that had lifted out. Okay, so, so her spiritual
1: body has, yeah. has lifted up.
2: Yeah, spiritual yeah. body had come, come out. So it, it, was, it was floating above. And I watched the gentleman <clears throat> go inside and take these instruments, and, and I still remember it vividly today, and actually take out the eyeball and lay it on the silver tray. So all of a sudden, the spirit had his eye <laughs> lying on a silver tray alongside. Him. <laughs> and then the gentleman went to the back of the eye, and he started to scrape, and he separated all. I mean, I'm not medically trained, you know, so, mm-hmm. but all the is it all optic nerves or something, all these things at the back. Yeah, He separated them all. So they were all in bits, and he cleaned every bit, reshaped things, done it all back together, and then he took it and he put it back inside the lady's spiritual eye socket. Mm-hmm. and I thought, and I did when this starting to take place. I did think to myself, "Have I really gone mad?"
1: <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. did. I don't assure you. <laughs> don't you say know. anything. <laughs> oh, I thought, oh,
2: that's it. I had no intentions of saying things. I thought, yeah. <laughs> my mind running away with me here. Yeah, and then of course there, and then.
1: Did you move during that, or are you just sitting there?
2: No, I was standing. My body was up. Uh, the, I was walking around the table, so they had walked me round to the top of the table. I'd actually, when mm-hmm. to this took place, I was working in, I think in the general area where it had been the lady's tummy. Yeah. So, obviously, when the gentleman came in and then the, the instruments came in, then they walked my body around. I mean, your eyes are closed, so they walked you around. To the top mm-hmm. of the bed, and then obviously popped out with eyes. I could see it all because I was standing alongside myself. Right. And then, as the gentleman left, I felt the energy coming of someone blending to me, someone picking up an instrument and, and, and working on the lady's thyroid. So they cut open into the thyroid gland uh, on the neck. And I thought, I really have lost the plot. I did, right. honestly. I thought, oh, well, okay, crazy.
1: this is a dumb question. Is there yeah. blood or no?
2: No, there's no blood. There's no, no blood. blood in gore. Okay. No, it's not like, well, no we're blood we're in the spiritual spirit. body. Not. <laughs> no.
1: Okay,
2: I don't know if there's blood in the spiritual body, to be honest. But it's a very good right. question. But there's no blood and gore there. Yeah. When, when I was working, you see. So maybe they have the ability to stop it. I don't know. Whatever. But mm-hmm. and then I thought, oh my goodness me! And of course, when I brought the lady back, the lady says to me, "Oh my god," she says. I felt this. She says, "I felt someone pop my eye out." She says, <laughs> wow. "I'm working my eye," and I, I, you know, was was was, an, was astounded. To be honest yeah. with you, because I thought it was a figment of my imagination. You know, I just went with it <laughs> yeah. and she says, and I don't know who the person was. She says, but the person came in, she says, and I thought they were trying to cut my throat. Wow. You see? And I thought, Oh my God. And but then how was she come
1: was through that where somebody's trying to cut her throat?
2: I think she was because very often what happens is when it is when when, when the client, you know, is, is, is on the bed, is what happens. It's almost like they're anesthetized. So what happens is they're on the bed. is from what I feedback I obviously receive, is they they're conscious. Their mind can be, what's going on? You know, what's that? What's taking place? But also, what happens is they can't move the body. So the body is completely glued. The physical body is glued.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, it's so it's almost like they're paralyzed to a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Cool. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. You know What's we're on? we're coming up to the end of the show. I can't oh, believe it. Z. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I want to yeah. make sure that you know you have a minute to tell everybody where to get hold of you and all of that. Mm, but of it, but first I want to say what did the woman say after she got up uh, off your healing bed?
2: She was absolutely astounded. She says that she felt she could actually smell iodine.
1: Like
2: in a hospital, like, like in a hospital, she could see it, she could feel it. And with her being me mediumistic too, she was also very much aware of, of theater room conditions. So she felt that like she was in a hospital that's what mm-hmm. she felt like. But she had seen that obviously mediumistically within, within her, her own one because
1: she, she was had. a medium as well. Yeah. She could observe,
2: yeah, indeed. Yeah, do that,
1: your hands sort of... move, or, or are you just really standing there oh, as no, a witness? They move. they move, they do.
2: No, I mean. It's the most bizarre thing because I actually am outside my body, mm-hmm. looking at my body doing things and know I'm not controlling it. Mm. So that that's really yeah, is a, bizarre, that's weird. a bizarre feeling to see it to, to yeah. stand at one side of the bed and to see your body move around the other side of the bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. That's got to <laughs> be unnerving. Oh, oh, <laughs> you know, that has to be. But now... Yeah. Um, you know what? We're going to have to close. It's like, oh no, I want to ask. Right. And we, you know, we can we can keep going and put some of this on the websites, on our websites as well, so people can come and listen some more. But in the meantime, where do where do people get hold of you, and how did they get your book?
2: They can get my book. It's it's sold on Amazon. uh, uh, Is it Bannon Jones? Uh, uh, It's sold in 52 countries. And it's called An Exploration of Transmediumship by Chris Mm -hmm. Rather, Psychic Surgeon. But people can get in contact with me through my website, which is Chris Rather, Psychic Surgeon. Or, can, or Instagram, which is Chris Ratter Psychic Surgeon, or and or obviously in Facebook or Twitter, all that kind of thing. So there's lots of media things that obviously they can get there. But anybody who wants to get in contact with me, if they just go onto my website, which is Chris Ratter Psychic Surgeon, uh, there will be details there. Obviously, links maybe to take them on, you know, obviously to Amazon, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also there's a contact us page. They can read testimonials. They can read lots of different things. We're also on YouTube. There's lots and lots of things. That can obviously take people out. I wish we had more time. I could talk. Me
1: too. Me too. Well, we can keep talking, but we have to close the show now. Thanks so much for being on the show. You can also come to my website, A View Through the Veil, and we'll have links to Chris as well. So thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciated it, and and I'm going to continue. So we're going to close out now, though. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns?